was Gucci Ma Nuggets. And welcome to the Homie Hump Day Show of the Rockest Modern Life Podcast, where the episodes are fun, light, and filled with shits and giggles. These sods will be ad-free with less editing to highlight the kagaguan of my friends and I. So if you got time to spare, let's get retarded in here. What's up, Mark? Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, your profession, and your favorite meal that you had today? Oh, so, so hey, um, my name is Mark D, and uh, I'm a I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, my main uh, my main business right now is is food, so I'm in the food business. Uh, Last meal that I've had that I've had not the last meal your favorite um, you know meal I'm a, that you had today I don't know my favorite today you know what my favorite meal really that that I shouldn't have like I should that that I want to have every day but I shouldn't have is fried chicken mm. as a like your fried chicken as, as hard or to like believe, but you know I'm a simple guy <laughs> or from some you know store. what's funny like I I I, I can't I can't even make Really, really good fried chicken because a lot of a lot of places locally can actually make really good fried chicken. So I already uh already have my top three. Let's hear it. Top three, but not sponsored. Eh. Yeah, not sponsored. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so okay, my top three would be you know my top three would be um in no uh, no specific order you know just to be. Top three fried chicken is Chow King, Ooh. Popeyes, and of course, Jollibee. All right. I agree 100%. And I like how you went for the fast food. Like, not even these, like, um, artisanal, like, fried chicken you mama pampered up. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. Dude, you gotta, you, no, gotta, no. you gotta be oily and you gotta have your MSG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, like, you know, a slight... Uh, you know, what, what, what really surprised me was um, uh, Popeyes chicken. Really? Uh, because, I mean, how can you go wrong with three piece, three pieces of fried chicken at like what mashed potatoes, rice for less than 180 pesos? I think it was like 165 pesos. Right. Yeah. Super cheap. Three pieces, chicken. And with fries, I, I think it had no, no fries. But anyway, super, super sulit. Yeah, not ex- not expensive at all. No, I mean, I I super agree. Popeye's chicken is bomb. I wanted to ask: Are you a biscuit biscuit guy or more of a with rice and fries type of dude? Oh, I'm a with rice and fries type rice of guy. And fries. Pinoy paran, Pinoy paran. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, of course. Extra gravy, extra gravy, bro. Extra gravy, <laughs> 
But dude, super agree with actually all of your choices. Chowking chicken, I feel is super underrated here in the Philippines. Bro, that batter is mm-hmm. amazing. It's like so light and like always, always super crunchy. crunchy right? Super crispy. And like when you have it with the chowking chili, oh baby. Chef's kiss. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I haven't had it with the chili. What are you with a it's fire? Yeah. <laughs> it's fire, man. Mm. You should you should hit that up next time. It's fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, well, thank you for sharing those fried chicken recos. Like, I'm pretty sure you guys have all heard of those fried chicken branches. Chowking chicken, if you ain't on that shit, you missing out, bro. You sleeping, you living under a rock, because that stuff is really fire. Wait, <laughs> okay. Chowking should sponsor Rockest Podcast. Mm. The RML, RML podcast. <laughs> Guys, go my plugs kayo. Pa hit up naman dyan. Like, you know, I'm always open for collabs. <laughs> Kahit, don't even need to pay me, bro. Just give me that damn chicken and I'll be good, bro. Yeah. Chicken on every episode. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So, um, Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. You've been a friend of mine for a while. So, a little background for the listeners that don't know. Um, I met Mark because my high school classmate, Vic Silverio, who's probably listening to this episode, shout out to Vic, is um, like half brothers with uh, Mark D. So we met like through a uh, just a couple of chill drinking sessions in Vic's house. And ever since then, we've been kind of like hidden and off. And he's been a pretty good friend of mine ever since. So thank you so much for joining me today in this podcast. He, Mark's an amazing cook. So um, I'm pretty sure you've you know this by clicking this episode but he's behind munch manila and if you follow him on instagram your eyes will be blessed but your stomach will be in distress because all of his stories got them slapping food and he just goes ham in the lab so thank you again mark for joining me today oh i uh i'm I'm honored man you know what (laughs) uh like what i told you right i mean i think it's always been uh, a dream of mine to be a, to be a guest in, in somebody's podcast, man. So I'm happy to be here and thank you. Thank you for the uh, invite. Of course, man. It's always nice to chill with some homies. And um, I mean, I'm sure you're going to get that. You're going to do well in this podcast because like you're a podcast veteran. So for those of you guys who didn't know, Mark actually had a podcast back in 2003. 2003 guys back <laughs> wala pang podcast sa Spotify or Google Podcasts parang Apple Podcasts lang super analog yung vibe and uh, <laughs> some good times so I'm pretty sure you're gonna do just fine in this episode bro yeah yeah man I mean it's been it's been uh, what uh, 18 year hiatus <laughs> <laughs> so good to be back man no yeah. I'm just kidding but yeah um <laughs> I've seen like how podcasts have evolved throughout the years, and you know, that's why like uh, I think it's one of the. Hmm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's one of the last true raw sources of media for me. That's right. my opinion. Like that's why. So, I believe it's like one of the like the one of the like the, the closest to it's like, you know, raw form, right? Yeah, so where you, where you get yeah. to hear the real stories unedited, and um, although this podcast is probably going to be edited, like I, I, I'm going to do as much as possible 
to show you guys like you know just how it is when Mark and I are chilling, uh, hanging out, especially when back when it was normal times. So um, I'm gonna kick off the pod as I always do by asking the question: What's popping? So Mark, what's popping, bro? What's popping, man? Um, well, you know, uh, I'm a first-time dad, so I've been I've been hands-on with that with our with our baby boy and my wife and I, of course, uh, I try to help out as much as I can. Um, uh, so it's been a, it's been a trip, man. It's been a, <laughs> a wild, uh, he, he was a quarantine baby. I mean, you know, born during the, during the COVID era, uh, we made it happen, you know, and it, he's here and it, it's still, it's still, uh, it's, there's still COVID. Um, you know, but you know, and what else? So besides, besides doing food, yeah, besides doing food. Yeah. I'm also into Axie infinity right now. So I'm pretty sure you, um, you've heard of that since it was over secret. So. So are you a manager or are yeah, you that, one it, to man. play as well? Actually, uh, I, I, yeah. Um, for for me to be become a manager, I had to know like how the game is played or how the game should be played. And the thing is, you know, it, it really consumed me, bro. <laughs> like from from morning to, to night. Ng sistema. I mean, it consumed. Um, Oh, yon yun talaga. Yun talaga yung literal na kinain ng sistema. Manunod ako ng YouTube videos. Twitch. Twitch videos. Um, then, ano po ba? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's booming right now, man. Like, uh, every, you know, like, I have so many friends that are in this Axie community yeah. and it's like, for me, like, the, what's so great about Axie is during the quarantine, you know, there were a lot of gamers that emerged because everybody's stuck at home. Everybody has um, an absurd amount of free time now on their hands. And people just went back to the childhood roots of playing games. And um, you know how Twitch got really big. People started scre- streaming their games. And, you know, the gaming industry just started booming ever since the pandemic dropped. And um, Axie, I feel like it's, a, it's such a game changer for a lot of the people out there because not only do you get to play and enjoy video games but you get to make some bank out of it and that's what i find so intriguing um but you know since you've been watching a lot of um axie um content and doing a lot of r&d of how the game works do you understand nah like how the monetization comes into play uh per match and um how does it get like distributed to you and all of that stuff um yeah to, to a certain extent yes but uh, i'm still pretty early so I, i'm i think i'm just uh around when did i start um, two months in so okay still pretty early but uh the game has changed um by a lot i mean i've made i've, I've made a few mistakes you know but it's it's a learning process um and i'm still enjoying the process the game is still here um despite you know some yeah so 
I mean, let, let's see. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, I get my investment back. Yeah, and, and um, more. So, it's funny yeah. actually. Um, we were Mark and I were <laughs> talking off air has as to how he started getting into Axie because um, a couple of well, I don't know. I could share the story, but I feel like it's a lot better if you share the story of how you got the capital to start investing in Axie <laughs> and really diving into it because it's a pretty funny story. Yeah, uh, just to uh, make the a long story short. Um, this is not financial advice by any by any means, but no, we are know, not professional. You have to really do, yeah. Um, this is only for educational purpose, educational and infor, infor, informative purposes only. And um, so you have to do your own research. But anyway, yeah. Um, so I fomoed my way into crypto basically. Uh, had a had a bad case of FOMO. And that's why I, I, I hopped in without knowing, knowing like just, not knowing like close to zero. But you know, times have changed. Um, there's a lot of content out there that can educate you and inform you about, you know, um, th- th- that about certain investment decisions that you might want to do. So it's best that um, you do your own research before, before. Um, for putting any money down, so yeah, that's that's what I that, that's what what I would say. Uh, so what happened? Why don't you tell the listeners how you got this ah. capital out of nowhere to start diving into this oh, deep yeah, so rabbit hole? What Axie is? So basically, I, I FOMO. So I I, I, I FOMO'd my way back in 2018, and then I think by 2009. Uh, so bought the top, market crashed. I said, okay, there's only one way for me not to lose money and that's not to sell so i didn't sell my crypto just left it um went back uh went back back in 2000 uh went back to check on it back in 2000 2020 and didn't see any didn't see that uh didn't see any any money in my account so i thought my account was hacked back in 2019 so anyway uh, f- fast forward to, t- to 2021, I thought I lost all my money because uh, because the, the exchange got hacked. Uh, but apparently, if you log into your mobile and if you log into your laptop or your desktop, it's uh, it's completely different. So I found I found a uh, I found um, some some bags of bags of gold. <laughs> I, it, it felt like I found like a, a treasure chest, you know. So I found some money lying around. In, in an account so now i use that to, to invest so now i'm just like um trying to to make it grow yeah and that's such a crazy story like you know just investing at it um and for those of you guys who are wondering like you crypto nerds out there uh what what stock it was it was bitcoin it was bitcoin like back in 2018 when you know there was like hype but then not so much hype around it um crypto is still kind of like a growing thing although it did hit its new high um but yeah mark invested because a friend told him to do so and then he kind of forgot about it thought about it thought he lost it and then next thing you know when he checks in back in 2021 it grew like over 500 percent. so (laughs) mark is one of the lucky guys that you know got a piece of the pie (laughs) before it really boomed yeah but you know you know what it's still pretty early so Step pretty early. 
<laughs> still hop on the the crypto train. So but I yeah, just want to ask I mean, before we move into like the food topics, like why did you decide to go up um to for your Axie Infinity over you know just playing the crypto game or you know might maybe investing in other things? What what about Axie kind of like you know um interested you in you know putting in some stock into it? Well, for, first it was the hype, the curiosity. Um, like, there's a there's a play to earn game. Um, meaning, you know, like some um, so, like people. It, it originated. Uh, there was an article that originated in that. Uh, there was an article that that, that talked about um, some some individuals in. You know, Kabanatuan playing a play to earn game called Axie Infinity that can pay the bills. So um, it, it, it got me curious. So I checked it out because I was already in, in crypto. I was already invested in crypto. So I said, you know what? Let's get, let's give this a go. And yun, kinain ako ng sistema after, <laughs> after that. Then now I, but, but then now, you know what? Uh, I'm 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 just like holding on to my to my investment, and in I hope that you know, after maybe in less than a year, I would I would be able to recuperate it, which yeah. is not bad. That's not bad at all, man. And it's actually really interesting. I feel like Axie has a lot of potential because um, there's so many gamers out there, and you know, if you already dedicate a lot of your um, your day and the time. Um, to playing video games why not play something that you know can make you a little sun sun on the side but um, again I just want to reiterate that this is not financial advice guys we are not uh, <laughs> we are not accountants we are not like um, I don't think any of us graduated with like a finance or <laughs> economics degree <laughs> so take this with a grain of salt guys this is just something that Mark has been up to and if you want to get into Axie um, you got to do your due diligence and get some research in but one of the things that Mark is uh, good at and one one of the things that he is accredited for is being a cook. So as I mentioned earlier in the show, he is the man behind Bunch Manila and even the food catering service that he does on the side. And um, he's been making great dishes. So why don't we start off this part of the podcast by playing a game? Are you down to play a game? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. So, um, for the regular listeners, you already know this game. It is it is Smash or Pass. So, for the new ones that don't know what it is, basically, um, I'm gonna give Mark two options, and obviously, are revolved around food. And he either has to smash on one or pass on one. So, pretty simple. I'll count down from five so that may may counting time pressure then sa mga choices and um mm-hmm. let's see what master cook mark d has to decide about this so for the first question of the smash or pass game would you smash or pass on dim sum or sushi okay so that's 5 4 3 2 and 1 dim sum Dim sum. No, which one? Which one? Are you smashing? Are you passing oh, on dim sum? Oh, wait. Uh, smashing, of course. Smashing on dim sum. Okay, so dim sum over sushi. Why? 
you know it's close man but i didn't want to say both but then because uh, with dim sum you have you have like something that's steamed you would have something that's steamed you have you would have something that's fried mm-hmm. you would have like it's not just not you know it's different kinds of um you, you get like vegetables also you get like seafood mm-hmm. you get like meat and I don't know, man. Like that was a that was a that was pretty close. <laughs> but I would, I think like dim sum would be like, if you're if you're already, let's say if you're already like, um, if you had like um, and if if you had some drinks, that would be like a perfect um, a perfect uh after drink uh meal or something. Mm. But with sushi though has to be like super fresh and yeah and and there's like only a few places that you can go to where, where it's like um you're, you're guaranteed to have like something that's top quality and yeah yeah no i, I agree with that like so dim sum, i think uh, dim like, sum, dim sum yeah wins for like less room for error um you know you got the fat greasy crunchy all these different textures um sushi on the other hand when it's done well it's done super well but um you know here in the philippines we do have some good sushi options but not as much i think as compared to dim sum but um you know if you have any violent reactions to mark's choice comment down below on this post or um share it and be like mark you blasphemous out here <laughs> um but so yeah why don't we hop on to the next question and the next question of the smash or pass so just for um context again you say smash on one item and then pass on the other one just so that there's some clarification okay Okay, so, so I I should say like smash on this, pass on that. Yeah, yeah. Or smash yeah. on both. Yeah. Or you, you uh, could uh, well you could smash on both, but um kind of a cop out answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, okay. So okay. you have to you have to pick one. Okay. Yeah, I have to pick one. That's Got what makes it. it fun. That's what makes it fun. All right, so for question number two, Indian or Japanese curry? So we'll go five, Whew. four, three, two, and one go um okay Sma- pass on japanese curry smash wow. on indian curry of course okay okay why uh, of course so fun uh okay um because in, indian curry you really have to have the spices mm-hmm. and i think like it, it depends from from every individual on how they make their curry and uh, you would need to have the legit spices, and th- there's a lot, there's a ton. With Japanese curry, it's already, it's already packed for you. It's already like, it, it's not that good. Really, you're not you know, a big you know, Jap curry you guy. Know, no, I, I, I mean, I, you know what's even better than Japanese curry? Mm. That's easy to make. The Korean brand, the Korean brand uh, of of curry. Really. I've actually never had their Korean own brand of curry. Okay, so what's it like? Um, How different is it, it from Japanese? It it, it, it tastes it, it tastes it, it it's similar to Japanese curry, but it tastes slightly better for me. Okay, certain brand. It's a Korean brand, the Otogi brand. Hmm. I think no you can idea. buy it off Asimart on Grab, <laughs> but um, it's it's powder. It's curry okay. powder. I mean. Yeah, it's curry powder. You just mix it in with water. Easy to make. I think it tastes better than the golden curry, the Japanese. Yeah, like the typical ones, one. So. Yeah. 
All right. Okay. I see. But for I me, see, Indian. See. Indian curry all the way. So you're more of a royal Indian curry house over Coco Ichibanya. Ah, yeah. Um, I, I think I'm more of like, I want to, to really, oh, like, dude, like the more, yeah, more of yeah. a royal Indian curry house. <laughs> or right, you know, guess some, hmm. like, like, a, like, like a like an Indian grandmother would be cooking curry mm. for you or something, or like an you Indian know. mother, you know, like with some love, home, right? Like some love, <laughs> yeah. All right, like that's lutong bahay. Yung parang lutong bahay uh, sa UP, Oh, mas si yeah. <laughs> LB, baby. <laughs> Yo, I know what you mean though. Like, it's a totally different ball game when it's made from an Indian mom, made with love, you know, traditional recipe, yeah. made from like, you know, from the, her grandma yeah. and yeah. her grandma's grandma. Made, made by a, made by a, yeah, made by a local. Yeah. That, no. that has to be. That, Fair. Right. Very fair, very fair. All right, so for our next question, you know, here in the here in Manila, especially or in the Philippines, um, back in the normal times, you know, you have a couple of drinks with your friends, got some local bar, you know, you're having a good time. But after all that, you want to go get a meal, right? Like you got, and here in the Philippines, there are a lot of fast food chains that are open late at night, and you know, you just want to get a grub before you hit the sack back at home. So. For the third question, would you rather smash or pass on Jollibee or McDo? Uh, oh, five, four, uh, three, two, okay, Jollibee, and one. Oh. Jollibee because of the chicken. Oh, because of the chicken. Smash on Jollibee. <laughs> chicken. Yeah, well, honestly, Jollibee's chicken Jollibee's, joist elite. I mean, whatever's, whatever's open, yeah. Or whatever's oh, closest. That's a Thai part lamb. Thai part. That's a Thai part lamb. Thai part I lamb. I mean, do you, do you eat like, uh, do you eat the, the breast part? I mean, I have nothing against people yeah. who eat uh, fried chick- uh, white meat, but I just prefer my fried chicken to be like the dark meat. Thigh or leg. Only. No, fair. Yeah, no, I agree. Dark meat is so much better. But bro, when I'm drunk, I'll take whatever you can give me, bro. Give me a, give me the <laughs> neck. I'll eat it, bro. <laughs> no. But, <laughs> no. <coughs> yeah, the neck is actually one of my favorite parts too. It's really good. Yeah, it's fatty and yeah. it got this crunchy skin. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I agree yeah, with you. Skin. I'm actually Team Jollibee. Um, though McDo's chicken nuggets are fire. And um, they got some pretty good burger series out there. I don't know. Jollibee's chick- some something about chicken and palabok late at night just slaps different, man. Oh, it just slaps yeah, different. Yeah, <laughs> All yeah right. that's right, man. Yeah, right? Like some jo- Jollibee palabok. I, I don't know if that's C2, C3, something like that. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. It's some good stuff. <laughs> Diba? And then when you're super Basta drunk, thai part lang. Thai part, thai part lang. So kung walang thai part, walk out ka. Uh, walk out, walk, walk out. Walk out, wow. Like, walk out, hassle. Wow. But okay, you know, <laughs> okay. like I, I've done it, like uh, like I've done it like a few times. Hassle, <laughs> pero you know, you gotta do, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. All right, all right. I see you. But like I see like you. every time, every time I, every time, every time that I I eat fried chicken, and it's not uh dark meat. I feel like uh, kulang yung ano ko eh, kulang yung meal ko eh. So mm-hmm. I would have fried chicken again <laughs> and yeah. and make sure that I have. It doesn't quench part. that craving. Yeah, I know. I feel you. And yeah. um, 
for those yeah. of you guys who like don't really pay attention to that stuff, next time you order two piece chicken, order one breast part and then order one thigh part. And then eat the breast part first and watch how bind fucked you get by the thigh part. Because damn, it's like a different ball game, honestly. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. So um but, no, no, but not not hating okay. on not hating on white meat lovers. Yeah. No, it's good for its own things. But uh for fried chicken and like if the if it's like, you know, just the basic batter and then with the gravy, you gotta go for the thigh. Um, but yeah, moving on to the fourth question of the Smasher Pass game. Um, so here in the Philippines, we have one of the best breakfasts in the world. Like I personally believe that we got you got your tocinos, you got your tapas, you got your corned beef. But all over the rest of the world, everybody like you know praises the American breakfast with their bacon, the pancakes, the waffles, the all of the works. So for the fourth question of the Smash or Pass game, would you rather smash or pass on American or Pinoy breakfast? So let's go from five, four, three. Smash, two. smash okay. on. Okay, yes, obviously smash on Pinoy breakfast. Okay, pass okay. on American breakfast. Alright. Why though? Bro, ako, I'm a simple guy, man. Ako, <laughs> simple lang talaga yung ano ko, taste ko. Garlic rice, nor, tsaka egg. Okay Oof. na ako dun. Crucial yung nor, dude. Crucial yung nor. <laughs> diba? Yun, yun lang eh. The, any, any good Pinoy breakfast would, would start. That's your foundation. Diba? Garlic yeah. rice, egg. Egg, ikong bala, panong... Gusto mong style. Basta ako, sunny side up is fine. You know, with the with the melty yolk. And then, um, of course, nor. Of course. Then, of course. Whatever whatever you have, whatever you have na ulam, yeah. it's whether up to it's you. Tapa, tocino, danggit, uh, corned beef. Danggit, pare. Danggit. fire yun, dude. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I think Pinoy breakfast is elite for anybody around the world. All you white folks listening out there. I know I have some listeners in like Idaho for some reason. I hope you're Pinoy if you're listening to this podcast because it just would not make <laughs> sense if you're, if you're if you're like a white dude listening to this podcast. But if you are and you are not a fan of rice, you got to have Pinoy garlic fried rice because that will change your life. Okay, so for the last question of this game, it's quite simple and you know it's kind of related to what you do on a normal ba- basis but the gist of this um topic for the last question is blasphemy to the italians you know doing them dirty disgracing their art and culture and they're both pretty popular dishes here in the philippines so would you rather smash or pass on hawaiian pizza or pinoy spaghetti na my hot dog Okay, five, four, three, two, and one. Go. I I would pass on Pinoy spaghetti. Wow. And I would okay. smash on <clears throat> Hawaiian pizza. Some controversy because, here. Uh, All right. Bacon. Because ba- bacon and pineapple actually works. Sweet, sweet and salt, sweet, savory and salty works. Uh, it's just you know the balance of it but you know sweet spaghetti you only have sweet hmm. i mean it's it's a, it's a, it's the only flavor profile that you have there so 
I think, um, you know, if it, if it's balanced, then. But no, uh, I I I I'm, I don't have a sweet tooth. That's the thing. I, I like I'm a savory guy. So Same, bro. Same. For me, like, for me, like a little a little sweet is is fine. But if it's too sweet, nah. Pass. All right. Fair, fair, fair. So, any of the haters out there that are Pinoy Spaghetti loyalists, you could find Mart at Marks D. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> come at me. Come, come Haters, come at him. Um, come at me, bro. <laughs> but yeah, you heard this pick. So, dim sum over sushi, Indian curry over Japanese curry, Jollibee over Makto, Pinoy breakfast over American, and Hawaiian pizza over Pinoy Spaghetti. So thank you for um, sharing some of these controversial, but you know, insightful topics. And honestly, off the bat, I would probably agree with you on most of them, except for probably the dim sum and uh, okay. Indian curry. I don't know. I, I love Japanese food. Okay. I might be biased. I love Japanese food so much. Koko Ichibanya is like, my go-to restaurant but um it's fair it's fair all of the i mean these were hard questions and that was kind of the point of it so yeah yeah <laughs> all right so with that we will be taking a quick break and after the show we'll be talking more about pizza and how mark conceptualized his um brand which is munch manila how he started developing his skills as a cook uh but first you gotta hear this ad on and we're back so um, as I mentioned before the break, Mark actually does a pretty mean Hawaiian pizza because, uh, and that might may be the reason why you know he was swayed to opt towards Hawaiian pizza over Pinoy spaghetti. But um, for those of you guys who don't know, and I've mentioned it earlier in the pod, so if you don't know, then voila, diko attentive. But Mark is the man behind uh, Munch Manila, which is this rising new frozen pizza and fresh pizza um, local business that serves honestly premium pizza. Like if you don't, um, if you are one that likes enjoy that likes to enjoy freshly baked pizza or premium pizza, then you will for sure enjoy Munch Manila. And for those of you guys who live in a condo, don't necessarily like cooking as much, but want to enjoy a free, uh, a good quality meal. He also does some um, meal services and yeah, he's just a great cook, guys. So if you head on over to his Instagram, follow him, you can see his daily food porn escapades, um, or his different experiences that and um, experiments that he goes through in his lab. And he, I've, you know, I've known him since like maybe about 2018, 2017, and he's really grown as a cook. I knew, always knew that he was into food, but over the quarantine, he really just harnessed his skills. So, um. Yeah, like with that, I was just curious, like, um, what was, do you remember the meal or dish or culinary experience that really started your passion into getting into the food industry? Okay, um, so for a meal that started, uh, you know what? Uh, okay, this is how I started in the food business. So before, before the food, whoops, <laughs> dude. <laughs> okay. Okay, lang, we can keep this in the video. So for those of you guys who are Yo, watching hey, this video on YouTube, you can see already. But on Spotify, you cannot see. But there is a cat in the video. So get on the shit. Who is this? Can you introduce us to this wonderful looking feline? So this is Toro. Why Toro? Toro. Because uh tuna. Ooh, cute. Hey. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. the fatty yeah. tuna yeah yeah, yeah. so that's that's uh that's how much i love food i named my cat <laughs> the fatty part of the tuna <laughs> so yeah uh meal no how how did i start uh into food before before uh before diving into you know cooking before diving into uh being a food entrepreneur i worked uh i worked in bulacan for the municipal government of san rafael san rafael so i was a consultant there under the mayor and it was basically a government job so okay. um you would uh you would attend to uh the needs of of your consi- uh, uh, of the you you attend to people's needs you know some of them need like medical assistance and whatnot but then um after after the nine to five what i would do is i would go back home and watch uh the food network mm. and watch Classic. like cooking shows cable pa it, 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 yeah cable cable yeah, yeah well I, not not on youtube or not on uh, not not anything online cable Uh, so funny that I actually watched almost all the episodes. Wow! Like every day, every okay. day it was just like uh, every. Uh, I mean, every night it, it, the TV was just on, and I was just like watch, watch all of the cooking shows. Martha Stewart. Not no, and and yeah, <laughs> everyone until until the the point came where you know. Um, the, I would turn on the TV and I, I and I would say, "Oh, I've seen this episode already." Like, okay. it was it was like that, dude. <laughs> so I I watched practically every episode. Uh, what was what what was showing on TV? I watched it, but I I wasn't cooking, which was weird. Hmm. And maybe uh and after after my stint in the government, um I was unemployed. I was out of work, and I said, you know what, I think this is it's time to give it a shot, time to try try to cook, try to cook something at least. And you know, stop watching. Stop like you know, looking at. Uh, stop watching and just just start doing. So yeah, that's what I mean, happened. You had all the information already, and um, yeah, like I mean, was there a certain dish or at a restaurant or a culinary experience that kind of like you know uh, started your awakening? Like shit, parang this is like something that I've done before. Like parang kaya ko to. Like this is, doesn't seem so difficult, and um, you know, just kind of like. You know, jump started your brain to start thinking towards entering the food business. Uh, I see. You know, I think that um, for more, for some people, yes, it might be a meal, hmm. but for me, it was more of uh, the exposure to to food, to cooking, because both my mom and dad cook. They they opened restaurants. They opened some restaurants before. They also had their catering businesses before. Um, so that so growing up, I would always see them in the kitchen, cooking, cooking. So, but you know, but it never really made me want to to really you know go and help them and cook or to learn how to cook. So it just it just happened that you know they were they they were doing they were also doing their food business before, and now I'm also doing my food business, and even my brother is doing his own food. Food business, so I guess you know. Uh, I I think it's it's more of that. 
like mm. seeing both our par- both, both my parents cook uh, that's what like that's what they kind of uh, made me cook as well mm. yeah and that's really naman how most cooks you know really get into the food industry i mean of course there's some anomalies here and there but generally you know when you're growing up if you're exposed to different types of cuisines and you know different methods of cooking that's what really kind of you know expands your taste buds in uh at an early age because you know time and time again you meet so many um not only filipinos but like people all over the world wherein their um wherein their palate is just so constricted towards some um dishes like here in the philippines i've had countless classmates and um you know different friends that you know that grew up with their baon being like pancit canton and red hot dog right? and then that's like all they really knew and they wouldn't really eat vegetables they wouldn't really dive into like the different um tastes and the aromas that food could possibly bring and you know um i could kind of resonate with you on that point because my mom is an amazing cook so i'm very lucky to have her as my mom and really expand my my range of taste buds because like um honestly like food is really an experience and you know during the quarantine um that's like one of the only real i don't know maybe um different experiences that you could really uh have because like at home like you're watching netflix of course you have your experiences watching shows and consuming content but um we weren't able to travel and try different things um and food was like kind of the outlet for that and you know it's it's a shame but i mean you know everybody has to each its own but um there's like food can really you know bring you places it could you know bring you back in time to nostalgic things that your parents might have made and you know um, make you feel like just for a glimpse of time that you're like in italy if you're having a good pizza or if you're having some really good chinese food make you feel like you're in the hawkers markets or in like downtown hong kong you know just having some good fried dim sum or like some good quality fried rice it could really take you places and it's one of the sensations that you know as human beings that were gifted us and you know it's nice to know that you know you took that opportunity to really expand and you know build off the one of the blessings that you had of you know being a son of two cooks and you know those influence that your parents have gave um you know kind of i'm sure that like played a large role in your interest in food in general so um i wanted to ask so like you know for me personally i'm not really a good cook i mean i could cook like some basic shit like uh, i could cook a good steak but that doesn't really mean mean much if because you know the, the quality is dependent on the meat or like you know i could cook some spam fried rice but like you know that again it's on the product more than the skills of the the cook but um i wanted to ask like how did you start improving your culinary skills because um i don't know if your parents may have taught you the basics of cooking or if you learned it all by yourself but I'm sure the pandemic had a large role to play with it as well. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, it's just like I think um, when when I started feeding, you know, the, our, my family, meaning my wife and my kid, but 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 initially, you know, feeding uh, feeding my my wife 
her gotta keep her happy. Heels, you know, uh, yeah, we gotta keep her happy. <laughs> um, th- that's what that's what made me connect with food even more. Like, um, don't get me wrong, but you know, I haven't, I, d- I didn't really take culinary. Uh, I didn't go to culinary school, and I'm not, I'm not um, telling that, that that culinary graduates should not go to culinary school. But I mean, if it, if it is something that you want to do want to do i think um you don't need to go to school for it there's a lot of inf- there's a lot of sources that you can i mean you, you do you want to spend like half a million or close to a million pesos <laughs> just to learn how to cook right i mean uh you can you can you can you can already do trial and error at home that my my only advice is just like go and just just do it i mean you will you will really make mistakes, and um, and and those are lessons. Those are lessons for you to actually grow, so that you can, uh, so that you hone your craft. So I, I, I'm not, I'm, I, I think uh, I'm not too, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm really good, you know, because, uh, nah, because I haven't, I'll I haven't really, I haven't really, <laughs> you know, I, no, I haven't, I haven't really worked in the kitchen, man. I mean, okay. like, I, I've worked in the kitchen that. I run, but okay. you know, um, in terms of like pr- professional experience, like like working in a restaurant, no. But you know, cooking at home because that's that's what that's that's what some people say that you know when you're cooking at home and cooking uh, for as a or like cooking for work is are, are two completely different things. Right. So. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, and like yeah, um, for like when you're cooking at home, you know it's a different experience because you're cooking for your family, and your family man will love you no matter what. So even if the dish is super good or if it's super shitty, yeah. mahal mahal So um, there's a little uh-huh. like um, but, 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 uh, yeah, ano basta ano basang style don, basang style don. Tagalan mo magluto para gugutomin mo sila. <laughs> Okay, actually, and uh, like you know, tried and tested. When lunch is delayed, you know, you get extra hungry, and anything tastes good at that point. But um, building off like what Mark said, you know, he never went to culinary school. He was just working with like the basic knowledge that he had of the you know the TV networks and the the shows and that. And look where he is today. Like he has his own food business, and he serves amazing products that are really worth trying so i think if anybody is passionate about food you really think that this is like your calling or you know you just you always end up coming back to food then it's never too late to give it a try because mark never went to culinary school like yet look where he is today and um i think it's crucial to just start small and you know kind of build off your way there because you're gonna make mistakes nga, and it's important lang to learn from them and to apply them um in the future times that you do end up cooking but i'm also curious to know like is there any dish that you're like particularly proud of like it like either took really long time to perfect or to get it right or just something that you feel like you do very well that you know shit you can make some money out of this yeah. <clears throat> um i think just uh, yeah recently because um my my dream is to to really have like uh, to to really cook for people you know like small groups 
you know maybe ha have like a small uh, small house with with a small house near Tagaytay where you see mm. the view of the lake then you have like a chef's table you just like invite your friends and family over you just cook for them during the weekends you know that's that's really my dream so it doesn't have to be like something that's that's um super extravagant or you know that's that's super that's like where where you're feeding like hundreds or thousands of people day in day out no um for me i i I'd, I'd still want to have that connection where you're cooking for just like a a few a few number of people yeah right like you know very intimate and social you know like while you're cooking exactly. you're making cuento yeah. having a couple of drinks just having exactly. a good time some good music in the background and just having a yes, yeah it's, it's a yes, vibe yes. yeah it's a vibe about like just having good times also and... yeah your sorry you were yeah saying... your question uh, meaning your question uh meaning so what dish right am i right, proud yeah. of yeah so it's uh, so it's actually uh it's actually a tasting course so okay wow so before, um, I, I never really, I never really, uh, uh, so it's actually a menu that I made myself, um, focusing on, focusing on four, uh, on four ingredients that I enjoy uh, the most eating. And at the same time, um, I think that it's not at, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's not as, um, so it's, oh, Obviously, a little bit more on the the high, uh, the premium, high end okay. scale. Yeah. But of course, you you just reserve that for like special occasions and whatnot. Um, so a dish that I am proud of is is actually lobster noodles. Mm, okay. So why don't you walk us through the process of like making this lobster noodles? I mean, you don't need to share your secret ingredients or your secret prep, but like, no. what are in these lobster noodles? Okay, um, so f so uh, starting with the raw ingredient, right? So it's lobster, and um, you you actually don't have. It's not as common to have lobster even once a month, you know. Right. You, you, like, um, I mean, do they they don't even serve it in a lot of restaurants here, right? But I mean, maybe in other parts of the world, um, you can you can order lobster from the menu mm -hmm. uh i think we're, we're more we're more into like crabs yeah more and then shrimp, also given right? like the demographic of like the philippines versus like somewhere like maine right, where exactly. or like the atlantic ocean uh -huh. where lobsters are more prevalent uh -huh. right it's more exactly. of a premium ingredient that's here right. in the philippines yes that's right and but uh, but that's at the same time if you see lobster on the table that means like it's a celebration right right it's like you're celebrating something or like, you know, you're having like a really nice, uh, nice meal. Similar to when you have cochinillo or lechon, mm -hmm. right? Um, so anyway, lobster noodles is first, the, the first tip, that I, the, the first trick to making lobster noodles is actually not to boil it, not mm. to boil the lobster. Wow. Okay. So off the you bat, it's already it. alternative. So what yeah. do you do? Because with because you when you boil it, you run the risk of overcooking it. Okay. Um, so what you do is you actually boil water. Then you put the lobster, 
in a in a separate container. Then you pour the boiling water over the lobster. Then mm. you steep it. Okay. When you steep the lobster, that's the time you get to release the meat from the shell. Okay. And you to don't get separated. And you don't exactly. And then you don't run the risk of overcooking your lobster meat. What so what is what is like overcooked lobster meat? Because I'm actually not sure. Like, can you tell like when it's uh, overcooked? Um, it's similar to shrimp, okay. wherein you over. I think that um, a lot of a lot of uh, maybe a lot of Filipinos might might be overcooking their shrimp. Okay. Um, you just have to cook it at the right temp uh, at the right temperature and the right time, and then. You don't you don't you don't overcook it. I so think what's what's fish, the texture like though? Like I mean, uh, rubbery. You, you know, rubbery. it's tough. It's rubbery. Okay. So you um, want there to be like yeah. a bite, but then not necessarily. Exactly. Um, I guess like um, st- a struggle in trying to chew it. Yeah. Like, it needs to be like it plump, be... but like yeah, mm-hmm. like easy exactly. to chew, right? Yes, yes. And it's not dry, not not dried out at all. Okay. So. Because you're you're already using an expensive ingredient, so you really have to, to take no shortcuts and at the same time treat the ingredient with respect. Uh, make sure you follow all the, all the steps needed. Don't rush. Don't rush anything because um, th- that's why uh, that's why you're that's why you are using that ingredient because you need to really make the most out of it. Of course, yeah, because it's a premium ingredient. You don't get to have it all the time. So you need to treat it with respect and do it properly. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure some of my listeners are curious. Okay, he's talking about this lobster noodles. Oh, hey, set up or the, the, you know, the cooking process. Pero, like, what's the sauce? Like, why don't you, like, give us, like, just a general overview? Ah. Is it a cream sauce, oil-based oh, yeah. sauce? Or, like, what's going on in this lobster noodle? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? You just, um, you just... That's actually the, <clears throat> the the most tedious part is the whole dish. Um, steeping the lobster and peeling the lobster is easy, um, but the but the essence of the dish is actually in in the sauce in the lobster bisque. So you actually make a bisque, okay, uh, out of the so you make a, a bisque using the the shells what's a bisque for like up, the people that don't know what a bisque might be it's it's essentially like a lobster stock you're okay. making a stock out of lobster shells so like a lobster soup. shells in the lobster head yes exactly um so and that will be your pasta sauce okay. so the lobster bisque takes around three hours to make wow okay just for you to extract all the flavors from the shell and the the, everything yeah the, words. the legs mm-hmm. everything so how do you do how do you do a lobster bisque so you can do this with like shrimp or you can do this with crab yeah i've, I've done i've tried it before yes so what you do is so so you do the steeping process it's either you uh then you pick out all the meat you save all the shells then you can either roast the shells uh you just roast them uh pan roast them in a pan meaning Pan with oil or butter, um, medium to medium high heat. Uh, you kind of like saute your shells. Okay. Um, 
with, with with some aromatics. So put in your onions, your garlic, carrots, um, and then just keep on sauteing tomato paste, and then you add water. Even uh, white wine is okay. Put white wine, water, then um, you just fill, fill it up and then you just put that to a boil and simmer for like three to four hours. Mm. Okay. So, so yeah. you don't rush into it. You just like, you just make sure that um, it, you get to extract as much flavor as you can from all the shells because that's where, um, uh, that's where you'll be getting all your flavor from. Right. You yeah. want to you want to make sure that the lobster flavor comes through because um, um, I don't think you can you can buy like a like a like a pack uh, like a seasoning pack that says like oh artificial lobster yeah. flavoring right. It's never gonna be the same. So, it's never gonna be the same. And like exactly like anything great in life, um, things take time, especially the things that you know that are different from other things and um, that are exceptional in their whatever category it may be, it takes time. So, you know, patience, you know, that's the tedious part, making the bisque. And honestly, my mouth is salivating. That sounds fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Just some lobster bisque pasta. And um, for anybody that's like, you know, trying to do something, a little something, something, and got an extra budget for lobster, you know, just try this this um, recipe out from Mark. And I'm pretty sure you could like look that up as well. But, you know, these are like, you know, specialty dishes. Like you said, um, you know, pang small intimate groups, like, um, you know, for if you're cooking for a special meal, a celebration. But, you know, you can't be cooking this every time unless you're, that's really your target market, which is specifically, you know, premium type of meals. But, you know, you took a different approach into your business strategy, which is Munch Manila. And um, for those of you guys who don't know what Munch Manila is, I've been talking about it since the start of the podcast. It's premium Nepal-Italian pizza. So for anyone that enjoys a good pizza, but, you know, given the pandemic, you can't always eat out. And when you make pa deliver, even if you get premium pizza delivered, like from Salvatore Cuomo or like whatever Italian restaurant you may think of, by the time it gets to you, it's different. It hits different because it's not fresh out the oven. And Mark kind of found this perfect middle ground for frozen pizzas that you can just pop into the oven or oven toaster and just leave it in for like five to ten minutes and it comes out amazing. You know, everything from like the bubbling of the crust. And let me just like, you know, go on a little tangent about the crust because I feel like when you're after Nepolitalian pizza, the crust is everything. Because, you know, when you have your American pizzas, it's all about the toppings, right? You know, overload of cheese, you know, the marinara sauce. Basic marinara sauce, overload of cheese. Then you put, like, your pepperoni, like, all over the pizzas. Or you have, like, your, you know, the bauto nga yung cheeseburger pizza. Where, they, like, you know, ground meat, bacon, just, like, overload, like, stuff the shit out of it. But with Napolitalian pizza, it's a different story. Because it's, you know, fresh ingredients, it's all about, you know, quality, you know, good marinara sauce, just enough toppings. But the star of the show is always the crust. And it's one thing with Munch Manila that, you know, I swear by is the crust. And I find it honestly mind-blowing how you could have frozen pizza and just pop it in the oven. And after 
getting it, it tastes exactly like a freshly baked pizza. You know, you got everything from the bubbling and the crust. Then you got some parts that are a little bit charred, some parts that are a little bit on the raw side. But you got it down to a tease. So I just wanted to ask, like, what's the origin of Munch Manila? Because I know you're a cook. You're, you know, you know your shit when it comes to cooking. But dough is another monster. Dough is like another thing that, you know, cooks can't necessarily always get down with because with with cooks, it's like, it's kind of like taste test. It's like, okay, okay na ba to? Okay, dagdag. Uh, okay na ba to? No, 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 sobra. So let's add a little bit more of this other stuff. But with dough, it's like, it's like a living species. It's like it, it, everything needs to be precise. Everything needs to be, you know, um, rested and let time to rise at a specific amount of time. So I don't know, like, how did you get into Munch Manila after, you know, just being a cook and not necessarily a baker? Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's actually pretty accurate because, um, I, you know, going on this culinary journey of mine, um, there's one ingredient that I have, I, 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 I leave all the baking my wife mm. she's the baker in the family okay i'm the one who cooks she's the one who bakes and i think that you know um it's just healthy that way that we we both have our own you know own spaces because um it, it, it is true that you know i don't want uh, she doesn't want to uh, me to meddle with her baking and i don't want her to meddle with my cooking mm-hmm. it's a dynamic and um yeah so what happened was um, she, my wife said like hey let's order pizza I said like I, I told her hey um, can can we can we not order pizza instead um, do you want do you want to try making our own pizza at home I said you know we, we have flour there we have like the, uh, the um, we have the uh, double zero flour the the premium Italian flour. I said my only condition is, if you want to have pizza, let's try making it ourselves. And then so my deal with her was like, you make the dough because I'm not too, I'm not too familiar. I'm not too comfortable working with dough. And then she said okay. Um, so she we, we went online, followed a certain recipe, for a Neapolitan style dough, and then um, so we tried making. We tried making a, a perfectly cir- circle pizza that didn't happen, that didn't work out too well. <laughs> so our pizza was like kind of a, an abstract shape. Okay. Where it looks like, uh, you know, gotta um, start somewhere. <laughs> it it yeah, it's far from being a, you know a circle. But um, you know what? After baking it, and after baking it from uh, after baking it in in the oven. The experience that you get from freshly baked hot pizza straight out from the oven hits different. It hits like different. what you're saying, it really hits different, man. So that for me was that experience alone made me made me think like, why are aren't we eating pizza this way? So that's where Munch Manila came up with with frozen pizzas. You're guaranteed um, a hot, a piping hot pizza every time because you bake it yourself. Um, it's easy to bake, easy to prep. It takes like less than 15 minutes. Then you have 
a, a fresh pro, uh, a freshly baked pizza right yeah and oh. that's like a, a perfect niche for you to follow because you know nowadays like everybody's kind of like for the people that do have the means they buy you know uni ovens shout out to uvi uni uh oven depot ph friends of the pod um Enzo Mentos and jared Fillard. um you know these are like for the people that can afford like you know quality ovens or if you're one of those people that have a brick oven pizza you know good for you because like that's like the best way to cook a pizza but realistically not a lot of people can afford that and some people just want quality freshly baked pizza and like mark said it slaps different when you have it fresh off the oven so there was a perfect niche for him to fill and i think you did it extremely well like honestly i'm an advocate of munch manila um you guys make premium dough premium toppings like you guys have so many different flavors everything from your basic margarita and pepperoni to a truffle pizza and you know even he you make a mean pineapple pizza like that if you were to ask me like Jollibee spaghetti or munch manila hawaiian pizza munch manila hawaiian pizza any damn day baby <laughs> that shit's fire because what's different about his pizza just like a little sidetrack is the the pineapples he charged them first so i don't know it gives like this different smoky flavor to the pineapple that you didn't even know these notes existed with pineapple which is pretty crazy and um you know i'm just a big advocate of munch manila because you guys got the crust down to tea you have everything from you know truffle to pepperoni to even seasick for the Pinoy uh, cuisine lovers out there. There's so many different ways to, uh, you know, make good quality pizza, and um, you know, I stand by it. But yeah, like it, it's great that you've been able to um, expand and use these, you know, culinary experiences to start your own business. Because like, you just started during the quarantine, and now you have over eight thousand followers on Instagram. So that's nothing to be taken lightly. I think you've done a phenomenal job, and. You know, you shared a little bit about your goals as a cook and, you know, you want these in intimate, like, you know, social cooking gatherings wherein you have a couple of friends or a small group of people where you can just cook for and vibe for. But I want to know, like, what's your goal maybe for, like, Munch Manila? Like, what do you want it to be eventually? Um, well, uh, Eventually, I, I think that um, it, hmm. from Munch Manila, I think that uh, moving forward, I, I hope that you know um, people would 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 see that. It, I think for the frozen food line is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Any anything that that minimizes prep prep time and um, cook time. As well as, um, yeah, as well as uh, trips to the grocery. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially nowadays. But I think uh, as as people get busier, or people don't have the time to actually cook a proper meal, then frozen food should be the the next thing. Right. Because a lot of people are like thinking that frozen food is really bad. Mm -hmm. But in reality, um, frozen food actually might even be, be better for you, given that um, 
there will be some providers that would actually uh, blast freeze your food. Meaning once your food is cooked, it will be blast frozen. And that means that the, 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 the time difference from being fresh to frozen is only a few minutes. Mm -hmm. So you actually get to preserve the food still. Yeah, the rather than waiting for the food to be cooked, then it goes through all all, all um, it goes through the those temperature danger zones before right. it gets frozen. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. So, but then um, the idea here is that if you are actually going to do frozen food, which which is which is already being being done by a lot of people, meaning like you know when you have your adobo or your Know your your meaty right. stews or yeah. whatnot. It's, it's all frozen in packs, right? <laughs> yeah, you can have that, right? Just like stock it in your fridge, then just like thaw it out. Yeah, um, but maybe frozen food. That's uh, it's, that's that's something something even more different than your usual. Yeah, than your usual like frozen pizza, right? Yeah, because you have the convenience of heating it up anytime. Mm -hmm. And I really think that if you're a hater of frozen food, you're honestly just lying to yourself. Because honestly, a lot of the mm -hmm. things that you eat is already frozen. Like, exactly. <laughs> a lot of the things that you eat is already frozen. Real talk. Like, the fish you eat is frozen. The bacon you eat is frozen. Like, honestly, exactly. with, if you go to, like, a low-budget um, sushi place, like, even, like, Teriyaki Boy or something like that, dude, that tuna is frozen. 120% yeah. sure that that food is frozen. All fish. All fish. All, All fish, fish is frozen. frozen. And... You know, frozen food has gotten such a bad stigma, you know, from the like the Hunter Joe's, like these like microwavable foods, <laughs> like all of that, all of that jazz. It's gotten such a bad rap, but honestly, like the convenience of it really outweighs it. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's lower quality. Like if you could freeze, like freeze, um, you know, what was you call it? Rapid freeze it and like, you know, preserve the freshness of the produce and the ingredients, then there's not a lot of loss to it. And I think Munch Manila has done an amazing job in like, you know, capitalizing on the frozen food industry and not only capitalizing, but doing it well. Because I feel like your products have been, um, you know, kind of setting the standard for frozen pizza. So you could order it in one day, just order like over five pizzas and you can have it for the rest of the month. You know, on a Friday night, feeling kind of down, have a bottle of wine and just like pop in a fresh pizza. And it feels like, it tastes like you just got in a fresh pizza off the brick oven. So I think what you guys are doing is incredible. And everybody who's listening to this podcast until now should check it out. So I think that about wraps up this episode. And I just want to wrap up the pod by saying thank you so much for being on the show. Honestly, I had so much fun about talking about your history of how you got into being a cook and how you started developing these food ideas and um, the history of Munch Manila. But before I go, I think now would be a perfect time for you to plug in where people can find you or the work that you do. Um, well, for, for uh, if you guys are interested, if you guys and gals are interested in and tasting our delicious frozen pizzas, you can go to munchmanila.com and order online. And then we'll deliver anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. Like, I, I'm guessing, like, in the um, Metro Manila area, right? Like, 
<laughs> anywhere in the Metro Manila. I don't know if no, do you guys actually, do um, we, all we over have, the Philippines. Yeah, we uh, I mean, we can deliver to the, 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 there was this one person who actually ordered um, frozen pizzas from us and brought brought it with her to a plane to wow. I think like maybe Davao or something. Wow. Okay. But you have to, of course, pack it pack it well with like yeah. ice and stuff. But yeah, generally over Metro Manila, you can find Munch Manila. It's at Munch Manila on Instagram. And if you want to um, see some of Mark's food porn escapades, you could follow him on, is it Mark Mark D? Just Mark D or Mark SD? Mark S. Mark, Mark SD. SD. Mark SD to, you know, um, satisfy your eyes, but probably do some negative damage to your stomach. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, um, so you know where to find Mark and Munch Manila. I just like to remind everyone before we end the show that we have a special Munch Manila promo where you can order 10% off your next order if you order directly from Mark from Munch Manila using the promo code RML Podcast. Again, that's 10% off your next order when you use promo code RML Podcast from Munch Manila. And that about does it. So I want to thank you all listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Rockets Modern Life podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to share with hashtag RML podcast. Hit that follow up on Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube so that you never miss an episode. And as always, I'll see you all in the next one. Deuces.